The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Corkin, good morning. Good morning to you, Pat. What a beautiful gardening weather at the moment. How long is it going to last? It's actually going to last right through the weekend and into next week, Pat. So my first t- tip for listeners is to water plants that have been newly planted. So if you put in some bedding plants or some cottage garden plants or some new shrubs, make sure you give them a drink of water over the weekend. When watering, always water the soil, not the plant. So don't be going out there every evening giving your plants a, a sprinkling of water. That's no good. You really need to heavily water the soil around the base of the plants and leave them for several days then because the soil will act as a as a retentive area and keep the, the roots nice and moist. So make sure you wash your plants and particularly plants that are in pots and containers. Give them a good drink over the weekend. Now, you say this time of year is ideal for planting climbers. It is indeed. If you put in a climbing rose or a clematis or one of your favourite climbing plants, not only will they flower this year, but they'll grow several feet. I mean, a climbing rose will put on probably six or seven feet of growth if planted over the weekend. So it's a terrific time to plant all climbing plants. I'm thinking of there's a lovely plant, Pat, named after the Botanic Garden in Glasnevin called Solanum Glasnevin. Glasnevin. It's the potato vine. It produces beautiful blue flowers from now right through until early autumn. But this is the time of year to plant them. Prepare the soil really well. Put in some compost when planting it because the pl- a climbing plant is there forever once it's planted. So good soil preparation. Give it a good drink of water. But it's a brilliant time of year to plant any of our flowering or foliage climbing plants. All right. Loads of questions coming in. Uh, why are mushrooms growing up through all my freshly applied bark mulch? Never happened before. Are these dangerous to pets? We have a cat. No. So what you're seeing is is small fungi growing on the decaying matter bark when you spread it on the ground, particularly if it's moist, you'll often get fungi growing on the decaying bark. Um, so it's nothing to worry about. Leave it alone. They're going to disappear after a couple of days. All right. Another one. My birch tree shed all its leaves during the drought last summer. Ivy travelled further up also this year. Now, hardly any leaves and the few that came are mostly dead, as are many of the branches. New buds coming in leaf direct from thicker branches lower down. So maybe some hope. What should I do? That's from Maya. Moya, I would actually prune back. Birch respond really well to being trimmed back. So maybe trim back some of the long top growth at the top that is defoliated and has no leaves and you'll encourage and you'll stimulate lots of young growth at the base. Birch are very surface rooting paths. So when we get a dry summer, they're one of the first trees to suffer from lack of moisture. So keep an eye on that. Remember that you can recycle water. So Bath water, water that we use in the kitchen can all be recycled for plants as well. It's perfectly fine, even though there might be detergents through it. So I maybe put a water barrel into the garden uh, because we could get a dry summer again. This is my first year. I'm attempting to grow cauliflower, tomatoes and potatoes, but the snails and I presume other bugs are devouring the leaves. I have copper tape around the pots that they're in and have snail and slug bait down on the soil, but still they come. Any tip on how to prevent these pests from eating my crops? That's from Stan. Well, Stan, Stan is doing the right thing. Copper tape works really well when you've got vegetables in pots because it gives the slug or the snail an electric shock, like static from your car. Um, if Stan could go out at night time and just take a look in, in dusk of evening, you'll see snails and slugs if they still are a problem. But there are other pests of particularly cabbage-like flea beetle, 
pigeons can often attack them as well. Um, so keep you really want to identify what's actually doing the damage and take corrective action as well. There are plenty of organic treatments available at the moment. What I actually find that works really well for me, Pat, is garlic wonder. It's made from garlic juice. You can buy it in your local garden centre. You simply make it up in water, apply it to the foliage of the plants and slugs and snails and many pests dislike the taste of garlic. Wow, that's uh, interesting to know. Uh, next one. I always plant begonias in pots. Um, they're brilliant for long flowering. Is Great. there an alternative flower? Uh, just something different for, for, I suppose, a change. Well, begonias come in a whole range of different um, colours and shapes and trailing and upright varieties. So, it, And they're a really good choice because they're beginning to flower now and they will flower right through till October. Begonias also do really well in shade. Now, if you want something similar, busy lizzies are a great choice. I've planted quite a lot of them in pots and containers. Again, they start flowering now and continue well in to October. And again, Pat, busy lizzies do brilliantly if it's a shaded location. But remember, there's so many different varieties of begonias. I mean, mm. I never tire of them. But this is the time of year for planting lots of bedding and there's a huge array available yeah in your local garden centre. You mentioned uh, busy lizzies don't need that yes. much sun. Debbie asks, what flowers could I grow in an area of my garden that gets limited sun? So in addition to busy lizzies, what else? Be- begonias would do really well. Bunra, which is a beautiful plant, it flowers like forget-me-nots and it, it tolerates shade really well. Um, violas, pansies tend to do, it depends on the level and the darkness of the shade. But my advice really is pop into your local gardens and there's lots of shade-loving plants. Ferns do really well. They don't flower, but they give lovely uh, structure. And uh, we're one of the gold winners at Chelsea this year, a fern garden from Ireland, Pat. Indeed. Um, and congratulations. I think his name is Alex. Congratulations That's it. to him. Yeah. Um, Laurel Hedge for the second time, dying for the second time. Not sure. Is there anything that can be done to save them? I presume someone has lost laurels, planted again, lost them a second time. Okay, so look at the conditions for laurels. Laurels dislike very exposed conditions. So if it's an opened, windy garden, never plant laurels. And secondly, they dislike heavy, wet soil. So if the soil is... Um, subject to to water logging, particularly in the winter months. And we had a height water table this winter. Laurels will literally go yellow and just die away. So de- it depends on the conditions that the listener is planting them into. Maybe if the WAP's apt in a photograph and I can take a look at it, Pat, but it sounds to me like it's either excessive exposure or too much dampness in the soil. And really, if you have an exposed garden, Iliagnus is a far better choice Iliagnus abengii. It's got silver leaves. We planted in coastal areas. It tolerates the wind really well and is very tough and hardy. Yeah. Now, speaking of coastal areas from West Coast Galway, could you ask how to care for a strawberry tree? Oh, well, first of all, so this is our beautiful Unido, Pat. Some of the best examples of them are in uh, my beloved botanic garden, some beautiful specimens there. It likes an acidic soil. So an acid-based soil, so put down plenty of ericaceous compost. It needs relative shelter as well. So if it's in a seaside garden, you need to select somewhere within the garden that's going to be sheltered from the salt air because our butus, our strawberry tree, is evergreen. So it's there right through the winter. And if we get a lot of stormy weather, it's going to get damaged by the frost. So a nice sheltered spot. Ultimately, it's going to grow 20 feet in height by similar in width, about 15 to 20 feet in diameter, depending on the variety. So you need to give it some space as well. But what a beautiful tree. It actually flowers and fruits at the same time in the autumn. Very spectacular. And what sort of fruits do you get? 
Well, we call it the strawberry tree, Pat, because the fruit are like miniature strawberries. Now, I can tell you from experience, they don't taste like strawberries. They're quite bitter to the taste, but they're like little round strawberries hanging off the tree. It's absolutely a stunning tree because the bark, a bit like eucalyptus, goes a beautiful marbled colour. The leaves are glossy green. The flowers are white and pendulous. And the berries, then the little fruits come on in autumn with the flowers. It's absolutely a gorgeous tree and it's native to Ireland. A final one. Uh, will bark stop grass growing? I presume you lay down bark in a flower bed and then uh, little bits of grass keep popping through. Uh, yeah. Well, you need to get rid of the grass, first of all. I mean, you could put down some of the f- fabric netting, cut the grass really tight to the soil level, put down some of the fabric, the mypex material over the grass or, or some cardboard, and then put your bark mulch on top because otherwise the bark, the grass is just going to penetrate through the through the bark, reaching for the light, and you're going to have problems. Porik Horkin, he of the Horkin Garden Centre family. Porik, thank you very much for joining us. And it brings us to the end of the show. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.